plane and left the country for what was to have been a quick fiduciary recovery mission. A year later, he has yet to return to his family and to his home. Everyone knows about Bert Saris and how he died by his own hand and what he stole and all that. But very few know or have even heard of Sanford Sandy Sonnenberg. Except that he fairly quickly dropped out of the big gaping maw, which we refer to as news. My story is of Sandy Sonnenberg. He is my subject. Sandy, son of Judah, grandson of Sholem, Isaac, and so on. An ancient family of moneylenders, going back hundreds of years to the very beginnings of the Eastern European ghettos. The line ends with him. The letter came recently from Paris. It was one of those letters one imagines late at night when one cannot sleep. You know, a letter from someone who had caused a great deal of pain. It is, at its simplest, an apology, but not addressed to me. I am owed nothing. I am merely the messenger. My name is Anton Kilgallen. I was born in Baltimore in the 30s. I studied at the Art Institute of Chicago, then went out to Hollywood and worked in the costume department at Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, where I was in charge of brocade and frogging. <laughs> then in the late 40s, after a barely salvaged honorable discharge from the army for, uh, what else? Homosexuality. I moved east to Manhattan and worked at a magazine called Flair, which was unbearably beautiful and which lasted for barely a moment. In New York at that time, there was no place to eat. You could fuck, you could drink, but not eat. So a few, very few of us tried to fix that. I went to work at a bistro, got to know the business, and eventually, eventually opened up my own place, La Singe d'Or the golden monkey. <laughs> and so Lesange became a place not just to eat and drink, but for people of a certain type to congregate, to lounge about and to laugh. After Lesange folded in 1976, it folded up like a little origami swan napkin. Katie Arlen took me in at her restaurant, Brasserie Arlen. At Lesange, she had worked for me, a delicate, fragile, brilliant and strong woman. She had, with her infant son Sam, fled a ghastly first early marriage to a pinched and joyless vice principal. But she had fled and thrived. Sandy Sonnenberg was her second husband. They were married for, oh, what, 22 years. He had made a very safe world for her and Sam. I introduced them. Yes, yeah, it was I. I introduced my two best friends. But this is a long time ago. I worked for for a dozen years, eventually became an investor and then a partner when we moved to our final location. I put my life savings into the place and it seemed safe enough. There was a solid and loyal clientele and a bottom line. I lost my life savings in the debacle by the time it was done. Today, I have nothing, social security, and I am working for someone else's restaurant in the theater district doing matinee lunches. 
Well, show people know me. They come in for me and for some rather forgettable chicken a la king, which is another story. But uh, well, let me take you back a bit. Brasserie Arlen was where we would all catch up. We would dine together late at night on Mondays after the place had closed, and whomever could come was welcome. Bert Saris included. He was working for First Boston when we met, and I began to invite him to join us. This was perhaps our third or fourth dinner with Bert, and Sandy had become quite relaxed around him. It was April 1998, and we had been watching the Woos Fest in Washington. So we had a weakness, <laughs> which was exploited by unscrupulous people. Yeah, but acting on those appetites made him terribly vulnerable, and therefore made us less safe. So, Sandy, <clears throat> you're saying he has no right to what, you mean? Look at the cost, Sam. <laughs> Look at what it has cost. No, Sandy. It seems to me that this is the language of shame. Ah. You get taught to deny your basic appetites as though desire were filthy. But the president does not have the...